Do you get given socks for your birthday? When they leave on the lights, are you mad? Does a trip to the tip sound like a welcome break? Well, it sounds like you could be a dad. If the concept of dads asking questions sounds good, this might be one for you. Worst case scenario, let it play in the background while you crack on with the flat pack she's been asking you to. Hello, my name is James, and thank you so much for checking out my podcast, Dad My Matters, helping men to safely navigate family life without losing their minds. I'm very lucky to be joined with an old friend of mine, Ed, from school. When was the last time we were actually in the same room, Ed? Presumably when we were still at school. So this is so mid nineties, yeah, about ninety five. So there'll be a lot of people. Well, I say a lot of people. The the handful of people who are watching this may not have been born when we when we first met. Possibly true. Yeah, I have to say there's a there's a memory I have of you which I still recall, and it's still and and I think my a friend of mine Tom, who I see in Ollie, we still recount it, and it still makes as you you provided so much. Joy. I think you used to have a T-shirt with "Lives of Peach" written on it, and I remember once you—oh yeah, God—you <laughs> you rocking up to like PE, like some like, horrendous part of PE, like cross country, like in February. And I think you were ten minutes late, and you didn't have the right kit on. You had your, you had your "Lives of Peach" T-shirt on, and I think the Woodsy went—it was either Woodsy or uh, what's his face? Really grumpy PE T-shirt. To one like I said, "Shreddy." Yeah, it was maybe shredding. I can assure you, Edmund, life is certainly not a peach. <laughs> Go and do five <laughs> laps. I just thought, and that still makes me laugh because it was your sort of, it was your buoyant positivity, and he could he was met with absolute abject, grumpy, uh, frustrated teacher, uh, and it still makes me laugh so. twenty years on. I'm <laughs> good. good. Um, so yeah, so where are you now? Where are you living now? Living just outside Edinburgh, um, I live in a mining village called, or former mining village called Newton Grange, um, just seven or eight miles south of Edinburgh city centre, um, and I've been here for nearly half of my life now. So, what, so you you moved up there? What was the main reason you moved up there? I well, I'd only come here for a week's holiday, but uh, I'd come up to see my brother who was living here at the time, and then I just uh, stayed put. Um, so yes, somewhere on the line I've. Uh, yeah, found work, talked for a while, then went to work for library services, which I still do. Um, got married, had a kid who's wonderful. We amicably separated. I got married again, so I now live with my wife, cats, and uh, my son most part of the week. Awesome. So uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. So yeah, so that comes to my first of thirteen questions. How old were you when you became a dad? Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Okay, which I, do you know, that's, I think, it's about the same as me. I think I was 36, and I think there's a lot to be said for being an older dad. The only thing I think to struggle with is obviously energy levels. If you're a younger dad, obviously night feeds and stuff, you might have naturally a bit more energy. Um, I, can, I can see that I found, I would say being a dad is perhaps the greatest and the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And that includes um, teaching on the south side of Glasgow. The yeah, I can imagine that's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it wasn't, but I, but I passed. But I passed my probationary training year there. The um, yes, I was thirty-four, and I think certainly even now, I think God love being a dad, but I, I don't know. I've got the energy to go through and do all that. 
again yeah. the getting up in the middle of the night it's the thought you know i'm trying to i'm trying to build up all my energy for becoming a uh, a parent of a teenager in a little over a year really yeah now we're not there yet my oldest is 10 um but i have we're already seeing evidence of sort of teenager it's behavior slamming doors and you know the odd flounce stage right and so i a lot of, I, th- I can imagine it's a battle but um yeah that's okay so how would you uh, that leading segueing lovely night onto sorry i can't talk properly uh segueing <laughs> relaxed onto number two how would you describe the experience of, of being a parent in three words brilliant and terrifying brilliant and terrifying so your and is one of your three words no i found yeah. that i'm not if it is yeah i mean it's, it's, <laughs> i think you're right i mean i think that's pretty astute i think it is I mean, it's, it's still wonderful things happen but there's also a thought of um i probably shouldn't swear on a podcast but there there is the thought Can of do. thinking that whole thing of i really mustn't mess this up yeah, but it, it sounds like you know. It sounds like you've got a good relationship with your your so you, your son. Mm. Yeah, well then you know that's I don't that's the yeah. thing I don't think anyone knows what they're doing most of the oh, time. Oh no, that's what I realised. And sometimes I, I look on Facebook and it's some of the people we went to school with, and it's like my God, they've really done well for themselves. I think yeah, but they're probably we're probably getting selected highlights. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think it's relative. I mean, what it. it is what your what do you view as success? I mean, what is I? Because I think if I mean I think if money is your successful sort of if that's what you're wanting, then I think I think that's a dangerous thing to to manage because it's fleeting. I, I, you can't can't, can't, can't take totally. it, can't take it with you. I think if you've, I mean, it sounds horribly boring, but I think I would my element of success is that I would I'd love to hope that I will have I will have good relationships with my children when they're adults because i think that's the key if they if they still hang around you when they don't have to then i think you've done something pretty well i think that's pretty true as well i'd I'd go with that and like you say what you class as success is something different i mean i think as always you try and learn from your own experiences and try and get it there it's like my son by way of example my son had always shown signs of being musical and it was true because music's always been a huge part of my life still is it was trying to get the balance right between encouraging him but at the same time not being too pushy because i've seen as i'm sure you have people whose parents are pushing eventually get to the stage and say do you know what i'm done so it was uh yeah i think it's difficult because i think um yeah whenever i see you on sort of facebook you are is your music is clearly your passion and i think oh yeah it is dangerous because i think your your kids end up resenting you know if you're pushing them whether it's whether into sport or you you just have to let them i mean i my my i coach brazilian jiu-jitsu and to three of my they've all had a go at it um Mm. And but actually, my only really my youngest is that interested. You've just got to. And my son's massively. My middle son's massively into football, and I never really was. But I'm 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 mm. actually learning. I, you know, we're lucky. We've got Brighton down the road. I never I never knew anything. But it's it's quite nice because I'm actually I'm like well I've got to learn about football. I now need to learn about who <laughs> the players. And I haven't got a clue, but it's quite nice. I'm learning from my eight year old son when he asks me what you know what I think about. Brighton's chances in the FA Cup and I'm like I have to find that out because I don't know um, <laughs> yeah 
it's it's fun discovering these things. It's like I wasn't interested in football at all at school, and I still can't play for Toffee. Um, but it's a friend of mine here got me into sort of going to games regular at Hibs, Hibernian FC, and yeah, take my son, I took my son along for a game. And I said, look, if you don't like it, we don't have to go again. But he he was smitten with it, so we go when we can. Yeah, it's really good. Hibs having a good season? We seem to be doing better than we were. Um, Every so often, Hibs have a stage where we think, God, we're going to go get relegated at the end of this season, if not beforehand. And it's... uh, but. As someone said, the friend who got me into them said, look, you know, if you're a glory hunter, you'd be supporting one of the big Glasgow teams like Celtic or Rangers. Um, and, yeah, no, I enjoy going along to Hibs games. Because Hearts are your big rivalries, aren't they? That's the big... Hearts are indeed the big rivals. Um, I suppose I could have ended up supporting Hearts, but it's just the way life played out. And most of the kids at my son's school will support Hearts, but... You know, there's a handful of high bees, so it's so it are, they, quite well. are, that, are they the two big Edinburgh sides? Yeah, they're the two big Edinburgh sides, and uh, yeah, they, they, there's friendly rivalry, unlike in Glasgow, where it can literally be be a matter life of life and death. death. Yeah, which sounds which sounds like a pathetic thing to say until you've lived and worked in Glasgow, and it's. Uh, People will literally kill each other over which football team they support. So, what? What uh, were you a secondary teacher or a primary school teacher in Glasgow? I was a secondary, I was a secondary school teacher. Um, Mate, teaching I'm, like, I'm impressed. I'd take my hat off to you. I did three or four years of it. In the end, um, I did a year in Glasgow and then um, commuting every day, and then I came back here and then did three or four years of it and then got quite ill and I thought okay so I was off work for 10 months at the end of it I decided that I was just going to focus on um, doing something else so I got redeployed to the library service I've been there ever since I imagine that was harsh I think think that's one of the best things you can do I think if you there's a danger of hanging on to a job for pride or for I don't know Um, Mm. yeah it should nothing should make you ill even if there's an alternative what? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I took a pay cut, but then I took a stress cut. And to be honest, I worked with loads of great kids. In the end, it was my head of department. But the, um, you know, I, I don't look back on it with regret. It was one of those things that I'd always thought about doing. And I'm glad I could say I did it. And, you know, it's still a thing to think, yeah, I worked in quite a tough school in Glasgow Southside. Yeah. Couldn't have, could... been different, couldn't have been more different from Oakham if it had tried, you know. Hey, that's it's, a tagline that I think you could carry around the world. You could go, you could basically, I'm sure you would go up in people's estimations of your ability to deal with uh, conflict, but you, I worked in a secondary school in Glasgow. I'm like, well, I've not done that, and I've been terrified. So fair play. Does your, does your wife still teach? Or? Yeah, she teaches. She teaches primary um, in Brighton. Um, and it's sort of little ones, so sort of reception to year one. I don't know. I, I yeah. I I've done a bit of work in with the teaching assistant, and learning mentor. Um, I take my hat off to anyone who can be a teacher. I honestly don't know how. I I, I, I remember sort of seeing teachers think. I, actually, do you know what? realistically I just couldn't do that I just could not do that it's literally just I mean I have to sort of I coach kids up you know and quite often it's not jujitsu it's more like herding cats but I don't know how you do it I honestly take my hat to teachers I think you're massively underpaid and appreciated and I yeah fair play because it's just well it's one of the best it's a vocation isn't it it's like it's like people are working medicine it's like 
Um, okay, question number three. What is your biggest regret? And you can you can you can you can abstain from any of these if you want. You don't have to. Biggest regret. God, there could be loads of those. Um, I think the amount of time I spent in my life feeling angry and frustrated rather than just actually saying it's done move on so i, I regret that but i'm also pr- at the same time i'm kind of proud of the fact that i managed to sort of move on and deal with stuff yeah so it sounds like you've got quite a lot of self-awareness mate and emotional intelligence because a lot of people i mean in my job as a seafront officer we see a lot of people who just you know have a lot of mental health issues and i think i think it's very difficult more so for men to say i'm struggling or i can't do this i think it takes an enormous amount of courage to do that and i think it's better sometimes to go i've got to change things and do you know i mean i think i can see how some people just hang on or just through pride or i don't know fear of you know people's opinions so yeah it I don't think, I mean, I think that to me sounds like something that you should be proud of as opposed to. Oh, yeah, I am. And I think also as well as focusing on what actually matters. I mean, there's, without going on too much about music, there's a story that's backed up by the band themselves because I've interviewed them that when Kurt Cobain, he'd, he'd had this album as a kid by his band, The Raincoats, lost it, eventually reacquired it. And he said it meant more to him than making his first million. And I kind of get that. You interviewed it's, Nirvana? No, I wish. No, I wish. I interviewed the Raincoats, who were one of Nirvana's big inspirations. Right. But they, it was the idea that they'd still had. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was brilliant. I do quite a lot of that still. And it's just that thing of, you know, accepting that I'm unlikely ever to make much money as a librarian, but also focusing on what actually matters. It's like, I, I mean, I had one friend of mine who was gently. <laughs> You know, taking the Mickey because I drive a Skoda. And it's like, do you know what, mate? It goes from A to B. I live in an area where yeah. I can barely drive for 30 or 40 miles an hour. I do not need a sports car. Well, the difference is is that you're doing a job from the sounds of it that you enjoy and you can probably do until you retire. Whereas a lot of people yeah. are just thinking, I hope I don't have a, a breakdown because of the level of stress I am in my life because of my job. I don't see the point in that. I don't see the point of that either. I remember someone once saying to me, yeah, I'm thinking I might get to 50 in retirement, just run a bar and thinking, if that's what you're aiming towards, why are you going to burn yourself out until 50? Yeah. And you see it. It's, I mean, yes, I'm sure sometimes things are there. I, I guess it's about what's important to you, but I, yeah. Well, the mad thing me, is, 50 is not far away. I'll be I'll be 47 this year. So, I mean, and that's... Likewise. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to be... That's insane. But I don't feel anything different from 18 but you know oh grown-ups are just children who own money yeah right question number four what is one piece of advice you would want to give to your teenage self stop worrying so much <laughs> right and i was a warrior i probably still am but i think as i've got older i've learned i've learned to deal with things better but i just spent my entire teenage life fretting about everything but did you, don't all teenagers maybe you're just, oh, you're just being a bit more honest <laughs> yes I sometimes I'm, that may have been my problem at points in the past was being honest I think there's I would say that I think in terms of mental health and issues like that I think there's a hell of a lot more discussion going on about it now than there was when we were at school it's not yeah. to say there aren't 
there isn't progress that could be made. But I think there's a lot more openness of people talking about how they feel rather than just simply I'll chin up and get on with it sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely changed since, say, our, I imagine our father's generation. And yes, oh, God, yeah. when we were at school, I, I don't think I ever ever was aware of anyone having any mental... I'm sure people did, you know, but I, I didn't... It was never discussed. It was never... You know, I, I, I honestly can't remember. And there's no way that when you're surrounded by... You're one of a, a thousand teenagers. There's no way that someone <laughs> isn't having it shit time. So... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, question number five. What's the best job you've ever had? Um... Working as a shop assistant for a record shop, it where, was just where was the record so much shop? <laughs> the record shop was in Edinburgh. It's a company called FOP who are still going. Um, they it was an it was like a small chain of independent record shops at the time. It's since been bought out by HMV or I don't know anything about the business behind who's behind HMV, but it was great just having a job that you looked forward to going into. I think. The only downside was the pay wasn't great. And because you got a di- massive discount on records, uh, most of what I earned went yeah, straight back in the chill. But then yeah. I'd, I'd worked in a bookshop before that, and that was pretty much the same thing as well. What Can you remember the uh, – what was the first album you ever bought? Uh, the Top Gun soundtrack. Cool. That was 10. That's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow <laughs> I love the way that you basically, <laughs> oh no, my, my credibility as a, as, a, as a music aficionado. Dude, I've never had any credibility anyway, and I've realised as I've got older that that's actually a blessing, because I don't have to spend my entire time thinking, oh, can we do this or not? It's like, bugger it, what I'll was, just do it. What was the last album you bought? Um, it was an album by a woman called Gina Birch. I mentioned the Raincoats earlier. Um Basically, she's finally at the age of 67, made a solo album, and it, it's called I Play My Bass Loud, and it's fantastic. Cool, man. I'll have to check that out. Question number six, what's the worst job you've ever had? Um, I think you might need to edit out the uh, laughter from this next bit. I had two weeks working as a door-to-door salesman, which it will not surprise <laughs> you to know. I was absolutely shit at. You're just too honest, and I cannot even... Being not, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think being honesty is good, but yes, it, it just was not something I was what suited were you to. Crap, basically. Um, it was you were selling for twenty five quid these meal these sort of deals to go to a local restaurant or something. And right. after two weeks, I thought I'm doing this self employed. It was so bad, I went back to the zero hours contract job I had in the call center. Fair enough. Well, yeah, mate. That, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> that sounds brutal. Um, did you? Question number seven. Did you have a nickname at school? I think the main one was probably Juppy. Yeah, I think yeah, and, and that and that makes sense. That's and that actually suits you, I think. Mm. It does sometimes feel like a a person I was millions of years ago, but um, yeah, Juppy. And to be honest, that'd be my nickname before I'd come to Oakham. So. Um, and possibly the prep school my brother and I were at before Oakham you tended to get called by your surnames which now just seems really weird but he yeah. was Juppy and I, I was Juppy because my name's Ed and he because his name's Miles he was Juppum so uh, yeah that was just is he yes. still is he still referred to as Juppy um I don't know if he is um certainly around that certainly I just call him Miles or Milo but uh, very few people I, I was 
apparently I was known to some of the kids when I was teaching as Juppy, but um nice. That makes it sense. made a change. It does. It does. I think oh, I can think of a million worse nicknames to have from kids you're you're teaching. Yeah, I, I I think it could have anything. I mean, I yeah, fair play that you managed to get off quite lightly with Chubby. I think, yeah. I, think so. I imagine a, a, a secondary school in Glasgow would be a pretty. Was that did was that not as bad as you think people's perception of it would have been? It could be challenging at times. There's, I mean, I mentioned earlier about the football teams. I mean, there were a lot of really amazing kids and very dedicated staff, but there was a certain insularity about stuff and the whole thing about religion in Glasgow it's still a, a real thing I think I've been there two or three weeks and one of the kids said so is your son in Protestant or Catholic then it's like I don't know I'm from North London you know no one cares whereas in Glasgow they it sounds ins- insane but there is still to this day a mentality of okay where do you go to school what religion you know were you Protestant or Catholic what football team do you support and the assumption right. is if you say you support you, that you went to such and such a school and you um and you support rangers and it and is that, that cut. and in glasgow is that geographical it is a bit of both um there's i mean celtic uh south of, uh north of the river uh and rangers are south around an area called ibrox so um yeah, I think some some of it is geographical. I mean, there is some real deprivation around there. Um, like I say, I'd, 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 it was complete antithesis of Oakham for better or worse. It was yeah. very different. Imagine you learned. Imagine it was quite an experience. It was. I mean, I did learn a lot. I, I mean, when I'd done my teacher training the previous year, I'd worked in a very smart private school in Edinburgh and then a uh, pretty decent comprehensive and then... Uh, a fairly an even more challenging one than I was in Glasgow and I have to say I learnt far more in the, the really challenging school which is in a place called Bathgate um, you know and, and you did learn to do things like how to differentiate how to manage different or try and learn to manage difficult classrooms um, and yeah it was I mean like I say I, I don't regret doing it what subject were you it's teaching? it's a long time since RE I'd, um, I'd, I, imagine, I'd, I imagine you'd be really good at that. I imagine. Thank you. Well, I'd, I did enjoy. I'd, I'd, I'd actually ended up doing philosophy at university. I'd gone off to originally to do film, and then kind of got sucked into doing philosophy, and then did a masters, and then it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And uh, spent several years trying to work it out, and then went and did teach teacher training in in Edinburgh. So it was, yeah, it, it was a fascinating subject. I think some people were assume that basically all you're doing is telling kids how to be good christians it's like i would not have been signing up to do that that job in a million years yeah what was the best argument you ever heard for the 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 proof of, of a god if you if you ever did i don't know i did you know i i mean i'm not religious so um You'd have plenty of people saying, I don't believe there's a God for whatever reason. But no, I'm not sure I've actually heard any great arguments for or against, but I keep I keep an open mind. Yeah, I think that's the way, I think that's the way to, to get through it. Right, question number eight. What was the best trick you've ever played on someone? Do you know, I don't think I can think of it. The Fair enough. Um, I, I have tried to sort of get people to fall for the... Uh, 
Yeah, did you know Goebbels been taken out of the dictionary thing? But uh, alas, I failed to pull that on anyone. So. <laughs> I haven't heard that for about 20 years. Um, <laughs> and I probably would have fallen for that. Um, oh, I right. did. Well, almost certainly. Right, question number nine. This should, this should be a bit more interesting for you. What's the best live gig you've ever been to? Oh, God, we've got all day. Um, I think there's three that really stand out were headlining sets at Glastonbury. Um, Pulp in 95, literally the week before school finished. So that was great. And then I came home from Glastonbury and passed my driving test first time. Um, right. Yep. Cool. Okay. Um, Radiohead at Glastonbury 97. It had been a muddy weekend, but awesome set. And then 2000, which was the last time I went to Glastonbury, Bowie headlined. And he's always, I'd always yeah, been a huge Bowie. Pretty awesome. So can you, ne- good. can you pick a winner from those three? Mm, quite hard. Or I might just have to say The Cure, who are my all-time favourite band, headlining Hyde Park. Yeah, I I was kind of expecting that to be, you know, certainly from from seeing you on social media for the past 20 years, I'd be be surprised if The Cure didn't make it into there in some way. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, no, I still love you. uh, Question number 10, where did you meet your partner or your wife? Um, We were set up on a blind date, probably just as well because she said she probably just skipped over me on a internet date That's nice. site because Thanks, darling. well no, it's because at the time i i, I both I'm, I'm still vegetarian but i also smoked at the time and she she said to me often you know if it'd been on a dating site and it said you were a smoker and a vegetarian i probably wouldn't have gone there but um we were set up on a blind date to meet at um a cinema near near to where we both lived it turned out we'd been living about two blocks away from each other and um yeah we were set up on a blind date so that was july 2015 and we've been together ever since cool man although strangely gone uh, we'd actually we realized after a while we'd actually met about 18 months previously when she'd come to an interview at my work and uh she hadn't got the job but we'd had a nice chat and then we realized it was like it was someone who previously worked with me and then went on to work with her so Yes, we'd, we'd actually met before, but... Uh, That's serendipitous, it sounds like to me. It is serendipitous, yeah. What was the film? Not that it's irrelevant. Oh, it wasn't even a film we'd gone to see. We, it was just literally at the, the Cameo Cinema. has got a really nice um, really nice bar. And it's it's also because it's... I like it because it's quite quiet as well. So it was, uh, it was a Friday night, so it was saved. They're trying to sort of shout over people, really. It was... Uh, that was quite good and yeah we just clicked and it was um which was great so yes blind dates actually works yeah i'm trying to find that there will be lots of people i know who have blind dates but i I think i can't off the top of my head think of any question number 11 what's the most important lesson you've learned in life so far god um should talk about that one more I think learning that what people present to you is not necessarily what's actually going on. Yeah, I think mean, you're probably right. People, people have a public face and a private face. Um, and I think we're all, uh, all of us, not just me, all still sort of learning how human beings function. Yeah, I agree. We're not. We're never really a, a finished article, are we? We're, all, we're, we're ongoing. Um, 
And I think if you can have that beginner's mind throughout your life, you're probably going to have a much more interesting life. Mm. Um, question number 12. Have you ever been in a fight? Not really. I'd be useless. Um, <laughs> I, there were a couple of occasions at school where I... Brief moments. Uh, it will not surprise you to know that I am not any good in a fight. So uh, it that's was something I learned. That I, that's a good thing. You should yes. not. I mean, I, I coach Brazilian jiu-jitsu to children, and the first thing we, we get them to do is try and get out of the situation or de-escalate the situation. The, the, you know, mm. defending yourself is the last... Literally, there's no other option. There's no, I'm, I've mm. got no exit strategy. I can't talk my way out of this. I can't. I can't run away from this. So I think that's a good thing. I've, you know, I've mm. working on Brighton Seafront and running. I've run a pub for two years. Fights aren't. It's never the glamour and the awesomeness you think it's going to be. It's you know, it, mm. it's messy and there's always someone utterly regretting what they've done. Um, so yeah, well done. I think I think passed the life test on that one. Um, <laughs> okay, right. Last question: How did you propose uh, or ask out your? Actually, that's two questions, isn't it? How did you? How did you propose to your wife? Right, there is a there's a place in the Scottish Borders called um, Scottsview circled after the writer Sir Walter Scott who loves going for rides there with his horses and legend has it that even on on the day of his funeral the horses stopped there because they were so carrying his coffin because they were so used to doing it anyway it's an amazing view um my wife and I had been there um we'd had a couple of trips there before and really enjoyed it and it was about it was about some 40 minutes by car from where we live and one summer night we'd been you know a marriage had been discussed but once someone like i said oh, let's go for a drive so we did and um as it happened we were in possession of her her mother's engagement ring and she didn't know this but i'd taken it with me and um, anyway we, we got there and it was thankfully really quiet for a change so i i popped the question and she said yes and then about 30 minutes later other cars started turning up to take in the view so we again a bit of serendipity to do that but that was uh were you really um a little but not too because we've been talking about it i was i was fairly certain that she was going to say yes so uh it yeah, was, i was the same but you never know there's always that outside yeah. chance but, how long have you guys been married um that's a good question we got i think well we we were together for two years and then we broke mm -hmm. up for seven years and then we got back together and um so I think two that we got married in two thousand and twelve, December two thousand and twelve. So nearly ten years. Uh, oh, brilliant! Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I remember being terrified. I remember thinking, "Oh my god, you must say no!" And I'm literally on bended knee at <laughs> East Eastbourne Botanical Gardens. Uh, oh wow! And I completely, I complete, I'm a massive fail. Basically, I'd booked on. I think I could. What I thought was like, a, I think I got a really good deal on um, like one of those sites for a hotel. And basically the super romantic posh hotel uh, that I booked backed onto a Texaco <laughs> car forecourt. <laughs> oh, shit. Luckily, she saw the funny side, but she's like typical Scott trying to look for a cheap way to. So, um, yeah, no, it wasn't. It, it all worked out well, but 
um yeah it was <laughs> it wasn't the most romantic i think i treated her afterwards to maybe sort of like a a meal deal to really you know real, real, real <laughs> prove how romantic she made the right choice Oh, um, but then I think the important thing is it's like with weddings. I always apparently the average cost of a wedding now is about twenty eight thirty grand. Um, they obviously for people who don't work as librarians, but it's you know it, one of the advice bits of advice I got from my parents was you know it's not the wedding that really matters no. so much as marriage, and I think that's very true. I don't remember much about the. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I don't. The, 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 I think if you're the wedding, nervous at. Yeah, yeah. I remember being really nervous at like. I'm thinking because yeah, it's 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 the most intense situation because everyone you've ever known or loved or cared about is in one place watching you, and you're like, yeah. Cause, and you know, we had we had our our younger, we had our eldest by that point. You know, we had uh, Grace was a year old and. I, I, that still stands out as the most terrifying thing I've ever had to do. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, actually getting married the second time was more frightening than the first. I mean, I was just bundle of nerves. Um, and it, and it wasn't a big wedding. We had a, we had a humanist wedding in a place in a cafe in Edinburgh. And, you know, someone that my brother knew, knew knows um and I mean, it was a lovely ceremony and but i was just so nervous and of course having been married before various people kept making some gags about getting married again and it's like yeah you know is. what that's really helpful. that's actually not helping <laughs> at all surprise, but that was surprise. great um and uh yeah so and my brother was best man on both occasions so uh which is good because i needed to do me a decent funny speech so was it good it was, was it a good speech it was, yeah. So he's, it's, um, and I was, he's, I was best man to him. So my my speech for him probably wasn't him, and it was funny, but it was um, sure it was just as good. Sure, it was much better. <laughs> anyway, Ed, that is us. We we are we have exhausted Zoom's um, option, but yeah, thank you very much, Ed Jar. Thank you, Jim. Speak to you soon. In every moment, there's potential drama, like brushing the teeth of an angry llama. But don't worry, because you're the daddy. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. Are you a dad or non-birthing partner who can give two hours a week to the NCT Parents in Mind project to support others in East Sussex with full accredited training provided? If you are and would like to find out more, please message me via the email in the podcast description. My book, First Time Dad, a 42-week guide to pregnancy, is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and an audiobook form on Audible. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website www.dadmindmatters.com.